Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome, welcome to this episode. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Breed from Free With Breed, and today we have a lovely, wonderful guest on the show, Zilika. She was on my not my latest, not my current group coaching round, but the one before. So she did it last October. And then she topped up at the end with a couple of one-to-one sessions, just like kind of fine-tune things and get a bit more individualized help on a few topics. But anyway, I am so excited to share this conversation with you guys. I honestly had such a blast listening to the conversation, not listening, being in that conversation. Um, and Yeah, also, I guess, listening to it when I edited, I was like in my room editing away the podcast episode, just like smiling at the things we were talking about. It's a great conversation. We talk about all sorts of things from how she deals with the stress in our highly competitive academic situation being at Oxford University and how that fed into her binging at times and how facing her emotions was the number one biggest thing that helped her get over her binging. We talked about the process, the group coaching process itself, other things that helped her, also the real realness of the group coaching process as well and in that it was difficult for her. There were times where she just wanted to give up but she stuck with it. And now she's in an amazing place and she shares as well what life is like now. Um, She talks about finding the joy again in food, in cooking, in being excited about getting to eat a variety of foods now and asking herself the question, what do I fancy eating instead of being like, okay, what's the healthiest thing I can eat that's going to make me lose the most amount of weight in one sitting? Beyond that, we also talk about topics that I'm so interested in and she is too, being both feminist. So we're talking about the male gaze and how it can be so frustrating being a feminist woman living in a patriarchal world where obviously to be in this society it can be it can you can give yourself an easier experience if you feed into the patriarchy and sort of bow down to its rules and make yourself as skinny as possible because that's what is respected and seen as glorified in this kind of society so a fascinating conversation tune in I had a blast Before we hop in, one quick thing, I just want to share how bloody excited I am that it is just over a week now where Body Love Academy is launching, I'm releasing it, I cannot wait. This thing has been in the works for a long time and the more I'm working on it, the more excited I'm getting because it's just getting juicier and juicier and we're really getting to the bottom of this whole body love body acceptance, self-worth situation that so many women struggle with. So definitely get on the wait list. You can find that in the show notes. When you get on the wait list, what happens is you'll get an email. I'll give you some updates when we launch the program. And you as a wait list person um, will get a 10% discount from the price of the course. You will get access to two one hour office hour sessions that only waitlist people, early bird people will get. So as you're going through the course, I'll hold live sessions where we can you can pop in and ask questions and get uh, more in-depth detail, um, help. And then you will also get access to the bonus summertime module that again, no one else but early bird waitlist people will get. And I made that module this week and it was so fun making it. You guys might've seen it on my Insta story. If not, check out the highlight on my Insta story for Body Love Academy. You'll see what I mean there. Um, So yeah, get on the wait list, nothing to lose, everything to gain. Let's just jump now into this conversation because I'm just excited for you guys to hear it. So let's meet Zulika in three, two, one. Welcome, Zulika, to the show. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Literally, like, just been counting down the days because I feel like I just want you to be able to share your whole story with everyone and how far you've come and what's helped and help other people who are struggling. So, before we dive into your whole story, just give us a quick intro of who you are. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Um, I'm Zulika. I'm a student um, in Oxford. I'm 20. 21 in a couple of weeks. Um, 
Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Let's hop into the quick fire, loosen things up, and then we'll dive into the juicy stuff. So first question, what's your favorite season? Ooh. So usually I say autumn because I love like the coziness of autumn. Mm-hmm. But actually this year especially I'm valuing spring so much like just having been through this winter which has been so difficult for everybody with like Mm -hmm. COVID and everything just coming out of it and like lockdown easing things getting easier you know being like for me as well I've been living at home so like it's nice coming back to uni and like having my own like identity again um so yeah spring this year but usually autumn there we go favorite tv show so I thought you were gonna go straight in asking me about eating and I was prepared for that but these I'm really unprepared for um oh probably Killing Eve Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that yet oh it's so good it's so like clever and Mm. just cool women being cool yeah awesome (laughs) how about okay this is a food related one last meal on earth that is really hard okay there's like a little falafel van (laughs) near where I live in Oxford and it would literally be the wrap from there with um spicy potato cauliflower and aubergine in it as well as the like falafel (sighs) stuff it's so good oh that sounds divine (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Amazing. Okay. What would be your like go-to karaoke song? Um, so anything by Dolly Parton. Like anything. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a good singer or? Um, no, I'm not. I used to, I used to, like when I was at school, I sang and then I stopped and then I, in my head, I can kind of still sing, but like, I can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Final question. What makes you feel sexiest, sexiest in yourself? Okay, this is quite rogue, but actually um, when I run, which I've got back into again recently, um, <laughs> right at the end of my run, when I'm honestly disgusting, like really like sweaty and red in the face and gross, that is one of the times I genuinely feel the sexiest because I'm like really in my body and just feel good. Yeah. Feel that. Yeah. I literally was just saying such a similar thing to someone yesterday because I'm getting back into running like springtime. I'm such a fair weather runner. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, doing a really short run but I was just trying to run fast and at the end of it I was like I literally didn't care about what I looked like that entire run I didn't think about any of like goals I was just like so in it in the moment and it felt so good yeah did you have a good soundtrack that helps yes (laughs) I look like a psycho when I'm running because I'm literally (laughs) singing like rap songs like Kanye West and stuff (laughs) I'm like yeah I get so into the the soundtrack nice (laughs) Awesome. Okay, quick fire done. Let's just dive right in and have you share where things all began with this whole food and body journey. The really like catalyzing moment for me was like a year ago when I kind of realized that my eating was a bit weird. Um, because I think it had been quite out of whack for like five to ten years, somewhere in between there. So like mm-hmm. a really, really long time. Um, but I didn't really realize the full extent of it until um, like a year ago Um, and I was I'd come home um, because of COVID so I'd been I was in my first year at uni and I came home because of COVID um, and that was quite triggering for me in terms of binging so I was binging a lot um, really just like unhappy like really kind of unhappy so I binge but also then unhappy because of binging Mm. um and just like really lost in it all um and I think like from the conversations that I've had with you and like in the group coaching thing um it this thing of feeling really out of control but also having no inclination that it could possibly be not my fault so like thinking like oh my god why can't I just like not do this yeah (laughs) like that would be ideal (laughs) um and then kind of just feeling really am I allowed to swear yeah (laughs) feeling really shit um (laughs) sorry that was so like yeah um but yeah just feeling really shit and not really knowing not really seeing a way out not really 
understanding that there was a different way to approach this other than just like buckling down with the um doubling down even with the like restriction and dieting mm-hmm. um and if you google like binging it's like ways to stop binging and it's like don't eat sugar ever <laughs> right <laughs> or like um drink water instead and stuff which yes. are all kind of aspects of disordered eating yeah. so it's kind of like it's really difficult to find that um to find the kind of stuff that you offer basically <laughs> where you're kind of talking about coming at it from a completely different like way um and what's nice as well is that like once I'd find I think your Instagram was probably the first one that I found but I feel like once you're in that part of the algorithm you start getting really like good stuff and there's so much good stuff out there um but yeah around like intuitive eating and stuff um so yeah so that was like a year ago and then I struggled quite a lot over the summer um and just really wanted to talk to someone with kind of like expertise and knowledge of the area and then I'm trying to think when group coaching started like October October. yeah so um I started the group coaching program with you Mm -hmm. um and did that for I think it was just over 10 weeks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then um wait let's pause there let's pause there okay okay (laughs) so a few things so um you're coming back from uni binging is like getting out of control yeah and you said that was because of like unhappiness and kind of a feeling of lost being lost yeah I think so I think like um it's come up at various points of stress in Mm -hmm. in my life like different kinds of stress different levels of stress um but I think like I remember like from when I so I remember I definitely binged when I was in like year seven so like really young Mm -hmm. but that was when I was like changing schools and it was a very different kind of school to the ones I'd been to before and it was like quite competitive and academic and like Mm -hmm. that kind of um thing um and I've always put quite a lot of different kinds of pressure on myself but particularly like academic pressure on myself Mm -hmm. and I think there's like a link between that and binging as well um Mm -hmm. yeah so mainly like the stress of trying to like excel so much and probably being so busy and everything because I know that was a- another topic of conversation like now as well in university just like yeah. so much going on and do you feel like for you the binging is just like a decompression like outlet kind of experience I think often yeah I think also like it's so exhausting to like, it's like physically exhausting to be stressed mm. and I think the relief of stress that happens when I binge because of the like I guess dopamine that I'm getting is like such a relief it's like I can just be peaceful I'm talking in the present tense actually but I haven't binged in quite a long time so but um (laughs) yeah I know Um, but like I think it's kind of one of the things that I really learned through the group coaching was that it's not like this is the reason you binge find it and everything's solved it's Mm -hmm. like there'll be lots of reasons that you binge there'll be stuff about how food was in your family growing up there'll be stuff about or there could be stuff about like the pressure you put on yourself or stress you're under or like like you just mentioned the busyness thing like if Mm -hmm. I'm not if I'm so busy that I'm not putting in basic self-care and not having like some proper meals of like nourishing food then Mm -hmm. it's like that also impacts it but it's not just about that and it's kind of like yeah yeah so true (laughs) yeah it really is it's so is like I had um someone the other day being like oh I'm trying food habituation with chocolate and I've been doing it for weeks but it's not working like I'm still really wanting the chocolate but usually like when you look at food habituation it's about it's kind of about tackling the mental and physical restriction side of things yeah but for her it was the emotions it was like stress and like like other emotions that were spurring her on so I was like Mm -hmm. as much as you have the chocolate available in the house if it's an emotional thing well then like your emotions are like great sweet it's here like every day we can just go to it every day to Uh, solve our problem yeah Yeah. if you're like eating to oh it's difficult to know the right word as well because I think there's a difference between like when you like slightly 
overeat or something to soothe I feel like that's mm. quite different to like numbing and like binging mm. um but like yeah when you eat to numb it's just a very it's easy to go to then when you're like feeling low or feeling stressed or whatever and I think that's been quite an interesting thing actually since stopping binging is like when I feel low I'm like oh like what do I do now because it's so easy to get used to having that kind of um support like it it it's the opposite of support in a lot of ways as well but like when you have that to rely on and you're like okay I haven't essayed you I'm really stressed I will eat a cheesecake (laughs) that's a lot easier than being like I have an essay I'm really stressed I'm gonna sit with my stress and breathe and remind myself I'm safe like it's it's like both are possible and both work if you like bear with them but as in no the cheesecake doesn't work sorry (laughs) I mean it works it works short term works yeah works short term yeah I think it's the, the whole healing process can be pretty confronting like yeah just not being able to go to the easy thing that you're used to that works like really quickly uh short term but uh yeah just like going out of your way to try something different it's pretty Mm. tough when I was in my binging anytime I could get the house to myself straight away like it was like my thing like binge immediately as soon as the door closes binge quickly like make sure it's all gone and it's all cleaned up before people get home and I was so used to that being just my mechanism for just I guess a combination of like loneliness and uh yeah just like it being the the one chance I could to binge and then decompress and deal with all these emotions that now I notice sometimes when I have the place myself which is so rare because of COVID right now it's like my boyfriend (laughs) lives with me so the few times that he goes out when I'm not with him sometimes there's this part of me that's like whoa it's this void where usually I go straight to binging I'm like whoa like what do I do with myself because a binge would take like hours or whatever two hours and I'd be watching tv and it'd be this whole thing yeah yeah and and then like now I'm just like shit I have all evening to myself what do I do (laughs) what do I do (laughs) yeah it's interesting yeah so much of that like sounds familiar like it's really interesting talking to because it's such a it's the thing that exists in such like silence and like shame and like like yeah like secrecy Mm. and as soon as you start talking to other people who are willing to talk about like their experience of binge eating it's like oh okay (laughs) okay I get it like like even you saying like yeah you'd have the the tv on or like you'd wait until everyone left or like I remember you once I think you made like a reel on Instagram, like a video on Instagram about like hiding wrappers underneath other stuff in the bin. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's very close to home. Like, too accurate. <laughs> so accurate. Like, but yeah, it's like, it's just once you hear all those things, it's so um it's so calming. Like I found it so calming, like that initial part of the process of like, oh, okay, this is like, this is like kind of a thing that a is not my fault but be that I have like the ability to change and not not in the way that I've been trying to where I'm like okay I'll just like not eat the next day or like eat hard or whatever but like yeah that is that it's this thing that is actually tackleable again I feel like it's the wrong Mm -hmm. word because I feel like so much of it is about going to it like kindly and like doing everything (laughs) gently so it's kind of difficult because all the words are about tackling like destroying or like yeah (laughs) but it's like yeah it's like it's yeah it's very healing to to hear that it's a thing that so many people go through and so many people who are like the people that like all the people I met on the course and like you like you're all people who I respect so much and it's like really shifts your perspective I think on how you think about binge eating by kind Mm -hmm. of like if you're like, oh, I'm a binge eater, that means I'm X, Y, Z is usually quite like pejorative. Yeah. And then you can meet people who have been through the exact same thing and you're like, but they're like really cool. <laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Yes, so true. It's the, the more I'm in this and the more I talk to so many women, 
it's just neutralized the whole thing for me so much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even forget when I'm talking to someone who's so in it and they're like, oh my God, I, I hate it. Like, I'm so frustrated. I binged again. And it's like the worst thing in the world. And because it's so neutralized for me now, and I'm just like, look, it's just not just, but like, mm-hmm. I see it so unemotionally in that yeah. it's nothing wrong with you. You're not out of control. You're not like a pig. You're not disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's literally just something that just needs a bit of like, yeah. a bit of soothing, just trying yeah. to figure out, okay, what's going on? Let's improve it. Let's change things a little bit. So yeah, the longer I'm in, I'm just like, oh, it's, it's really not how I used to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I want to say was like, okay, two things. First of all, going back to that, the watching the TV thing, mm. I realized that I, I've never, ever binged when I'm not watching TV. Mm. Always. Like I could never, yeah, I could never just binge without watching TV. It had to be like this escapist yeah, thing yeah. all in one. Yeah, I've thought about it a lot as well because I would either um, watch TV or I would like, listen to a podcast which sounds really like (laughs) but um (laughs) it's kind of like I don't know I think that's something about the fact that by binging you're not really being like kind to your body like you're giving your body too much to deal with and like one of the really powerful like things that was said during like my recovery process was like the idea of like when you feel like binging like just think about not don't be like I can't binge that's wrong or that's bad whatever like just be like okay I want to protect myself from significantly overeating and feeling uncomfortable like I want to protect my body from that like onslaught of food which it doesn't actually want like I think Mm -hmm. that's a really can be a really helpful way to look at it because I think it's like then you're kind of in dialogue with the bit of you that wants to binge rather than being like telling it to fuck off or like yeah getting into it completely and being like okay yeah okay like I think as soon as you start to be in dialogue that's where like for me a lot changed mm-hmm. when you're actually having that conversation with that part of yourself and like being kind to her but like almost like parenting her and telling her kind of what needs to happen for the best but like not forcing something on her because you wouldn't like do that to like a, someone who seems really emotionally vulnerable which the part of you that wants to binge down yes. is yes Before we go on, I just wanted to jump in and let you know about something that could really, really help you out. So if you've been loving these episodes and all of the tips and it's been super helpful, but you just need a bit more structure and direction, then check out my 30 day reboot course. It's an online course, so you can literally start today. 30 days of content. So each day you get new content in written form, video form or audio, just to keep it nice and fresh. The content is exactly the same as what I go through in one-to-ones, so it's amazing value for money. You get some lovely audio meditations along the way as well, and we have a Facebook group so you know you're not alone. There are plenty of others in there. So if you are sick of waiting around and want your life back, you're so ready to kick binge eating out of your life and return to that relaxed, confident, happy version of you that you know is in there deep down inside, then this course is literally made for you. And best of all, it's just the price of a trip to Zara or Topshop, but it is worth so much more than that. It's eye-opening and life-changing as one past alumni put it. So if that sounds good to you, head over to my website to sign up today or just scroll down to the show notes. I'll pop a link in there too. All right, let's get back into today's episode. So true, but we literally just touched on this part like the group round that I'm doing right now, this exact part where you're like, okay, how can I yeah, open a dialogue with it instead of just mm. shut the fuck up? Like, yeah. we're not doing this, like, you're disgusting. Or, yeah. Yeah. or like, yeah, oh, let's just do it. Just, just go to the shops, get it. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. imagine, yeah, it's just like a little child. It's that little yeah. girl inside of you who's struggling with either yeah. like, you know, emotions or her body image or she hasn't eaten enough all day. So yeah. it's like, okay, how would you talk to a kid if they were? Yeah saying like I really need to eat a whole cake right now you'd be like okay hang on a second yeah take a breath yeah. like da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. yes maybe you can have a slice of cake and then what else would help like maybe some yeah you know, yeah hug or talking to someone yeah. or whatever yeah yeah 
before we go into your recovery journey in more detail one last thing I want to bring up is yeah you said it a few times where it's just like you google it and um it just says like oh just do this or just drink water whatever and then you get stuck in this cycle of thinking like oh the way out is to restrict just try to sort out your diet or the food or whatever and it just sparked in my mind the whole idea of just as you said all the girls on the course were like super cool super smart and everything you're like I remember being in this position and I feel like you've said it once too where it's so frustrating as like a smart educated person Mm -hmm. and you are trapped in this ridiculous cycle that you just can't figure out how the hell Um, to get out of and it's just like why can't I just sort of figure out this food thing yeah yeah especially if you're used to so like I go to Oxford which is obviously a very competitive university and you like had to work quite hard to get in and all that and it's like if if you've been through processes like that or any other processes where you've had to be like okay I'm gonna use my willpower to get through this and then you get through it it's it's helpful in in some areas but it can also be a really damaging like lesson that you inadvertently teach yourself of like you can push your way through anything including things where you shouldn't actually be pushing you should be like taking a moment (laughs) um and I think that's yeah so important and also like I think we talked about this before but like the whole idea of like I've a very ardent why do I say ardent anyway (laughs) ardent feminist I'm like a very strong feminist and that's really really important to me and as soon as I start to like actually look at the voices in my head that are like you should be thinner like you should be as small and take up the least amount of space as possible I'm like what the fuck you like doing (laughs) in my head like it's not it's not a feminist narrative and like I don't think I should feel shame for those narratives because I don't think they're like coming from me Mm, but it's it's like it's such a difficult it's there are so many competing voices that you kind of have to listen to all of them and mediate them a little bit which is like exhausting in the beginning but then gets easier I think it's like balancing the like pressure to like just push through and do it all by willpower the pressure to like be a feminist but also the pressure to be like if we're honest like the kind of woman who we see being like value and respected in society who is often but not always but often like thin pretty Mm -hmm. white women Mm -hmm. of a certain socioeconomic group and it's like to give your power to those voices when you're you don't want to you're doing it subconsciously is such a like disempowering like feeling because you then realize you're like I'm a feminist but actually I'm also a tool of the patriarchy yes Oh my God, preach, that's so frustrating, so frustrating. Yeah, I feel like I have some sort of thought, like very anti-feminist thoughts in my head at least once a day, probably many more. And it's like, oh my God, like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's so frustrating. And because I'm like in this space, I'm thinking about it a lot and I'm seeing other women struggle with it a lot as well and just oh it sometimes infuriates me because I'm just like oh my god there are all these men out there who this isn't even a thing on their mind and they're just killing it in their careers and their money and their mental health is in some respects like better and we're yeah. over here obsessing about trying to be as skinny as possible mm-hmm. Ugh, it's, mm-hmm. it's so frustrating yeah and even like the money that is spent on diets and stuff and the disparity between the amount of money that guys spend on that and like not that it's not an issue for some guys but like the 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 disproportionate cost like financial cost but also like energy time yeah social stuff like it just costs you so much to be in this cycle of dieting all the time yeah not even just dieting but just yeah trying to beautify yourself all yeah. the time I, yeah. I was actually it was like two yeah. weeks ago before going to bed with my boyfriend we were just chatting in bed and I was like how much do you spend per year on beauty or like mm. vanity in some sense and yeah. he literally spends a hundred pounds a year a <laughs> hundred pounds oh it was cr- and then I literally sat there and just tried to roughly count up 
and it was at least 2,500 pounds a year. And this was not including clothes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I was like, okay, over the last decade, it's 25,000 pounds. What's it going to be my whole life? And I was like, dude, you got to start paying for dinners more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Another thing is like, I don't know. I There's someone on Instagram who I follow who talks about like body positivity and neutrality but like Mm -hmm. about like body image and just self-love and loads of cool stuff but um she once posted this thing and someone was like how do you like dress to flatter your like figure and she was like Mm. I don't like what a boring objective to have in terms of fashion Mm. like wear something that is super cozy and comfy wear something that makes you feel like hot wear something that makes you feel like you're expressing who you really are like why are you trying to look the smallest like what a boring goal to have yeah yeah and it yeah it's just like re it, it reframes again like it's all about um trying to optimize how your body looks to men basically yep <laughs> yeah and, yeah and the, the bit that really like then I just do spin out a little bit but that it's not even actually men like on the street it's like the man in your head yes that you've taken on because of patriarchy he's judging everything you do <sighs> the male gaze oh my god no, no. I I introduced this idea to my boyfriend like the concept of it recently and I opened it with like oh how often do you as a man do things or say things in a conversation or act a certain way with the idea in mind that like a woman is viewing you and he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe like make more jokes in a conversation. I was like, oh, I kind of question that even because he's just like a joker in general. And I feel like he, <laughs> he jokes with guys as well. And so I was like, okay, so basically nothing. And then I was like, okay, so one thing for me that is like major is just like standing on public transport, like in the tube, even like my facial expression, my posture, like my, the way I'm holding myself, it's mm-hmm. always like, oh, the guy's looking at me like how do I want him to see me yes big one is on the beach when you're lying down on the beach you're lying down like trying to look sexy but not in a like naturally like you're not letting any of your roles show (laughs) and I'm like Luca like my boyfriend like Luca when you're at the beach you don't give a shit you're just like you know slouched over your roles like whatever you don't even care like yeah always like what if a guy's looking it's literally literally it's mad it's crazy as well because I'm bi and I've like I've currently got a very lovely boyfriend but I've also dated women and the difference between like going on a date with like a woman and going on a date with a guy is so different like when yeah. I'm going on a date with a guy and if I notice myself doing it, I try and stop but like I'll be like okay I'm gonna wear that cute outfit I'm gonna like make sure that my I wash my hair exactly that time so that it's just the right level of like freshly washed but also I can style it or like whatever like all of this stuff and I go do my makeup like that and like all of this if I go on a date with a woman I'm like I remember I once <laughs> I once went on a date with a woman and I wore like skeleton earrings and like <laughs> like too much red like too much but like just really like dressing way like weirder and like yeah m- more experimentally whereas if I go on a date with a guy I'll be like okay I want to look like normal like yeah. I don't know it's just it's such yes. an interesting thing uh, like interesting yeah. and awful low-key yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I could literally go on about this for ages because Same. I am like I'm trapped in feminist TikTok right now <laughs> it's all I watch like literally all day every day yeah. and I'll always be like bringing stuff up to my boyfriend and like questioning him and stuff and yes. he's sick he's like sick of it but I'm like slowly molding him slowly Excellent. into like a feminist Excellent. man yeah good to have those conversations yeah. that is something actually about TikTok um that I think is quite interesting though is like I, I think that the feministy stuff is great and the like intuitive eating stuff is great but that is one thing I was thinking when you were saying about being on the tube is like the whole thing about like main character energy <laughs> is often <laughs> sometimes I love it like I was cycling back from the station today and I was like listening to this French song and I was like oh main character energy but also <laughs> sometimes it's like it is just like trying to be presentable and palatable all the time and like yes. looking a certain way all the time and putting so much pressure on yourself all the time and it's like yes. just, just relax like yes yeah so true I feel like yeah I have the positive effect of main character when I'm doing a run I'm like yeah 
Yeah. Yes, queen. But then the <laughs> negative, I notice it in social situations and groups. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be like thinking like, what are, what's my facial expression like? Like, if I'm not talking, what are they thinking? Like, I gotta yeah. like, everyone's looking at me. Like, everyone's noticing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I just have to remind myself like, dude, no one gives a shit about <laughs> you right now. They're all obsessed with themselves. Yeah. 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 I think it's got like pros and cons as with anything. But yeah. like, yeah. For sure. Okay, back to uh, your recovery pro- process. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how did that, yeah. <laughs> how did that go? And what, uh, I guess, like, what really worked for you? I'll start with how it went and the trajectory of how it went. <laughs> because I remember, like, I was really nervous to, like, book and, like, take the plunge and everything. And then I did. And we got, like, our first week's, like, um, uh, like, activities and video and stuff and I remember messaging you like the first week because I'd like opened the document it's like a web page thing but mm-hmm. not a document but yeah um and I just messaged you being like like just reading it makes me want to binge like I'm just gonna binge if I read this <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's like yeah anyway that was the first bit but um once I got past that I think what was difficult is like I don't know why, but I kind of thought that as soon as I started um, coming to like group coaching, I'd just stop binging, which absolutely wasn't true. I tell you um, something like everyone thinks that. Like, yeah. Everyone I've ever worked yeah. with. Yeah. Um, and it's such, such a good process. And I'm so glad I did it. And I don't want to like scare anyone off doing it by saying this, but like I found some weeks like if we were talking about stuff that was like very confronting which you have to do to get past the point where you're binging Mm -hmm. uh, it would make me want to binge like a lot Mm -hmm. because we were dealing we were being like emotionally vulnerable together like we were talking about like the fundamentals of like kind of who we are on some level yeah and it's it's like um it's not as scary as it sounds but But like doing that was then quite confronting. And I was like, oh, this is a disaster. Like maybe I should just go on a diet. And it's like, <laughs> mm, okay. Um, um, <laughs> but yeah, but once I'd stuck with it and I'm really glad I did for like, it wasn't even that many weeks, but like a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, then it was like really starting to be a lot kinder to myself. Um, and like, I was still binging a little bit, but it was... I wouldn't binge and then like hate myself, which was like a big, massive amount of progress. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of as we got more into like looking going forward and kind of thinking about how we want to eat and like how to look after ourselves like more holistically and stuff like that how to treat ourselves if we do binge like Mm -hmm. as in nicely (laughs) um and like how to kind of spot restriction where we might not be seeing it and to try and kind of stop that was all like it was all quite it was a difficult process like I think it was it was emotionally difficult for me um and I think even at the end where I kind of felt like I had all the all the bits that I needed but then I was still kind of like the if you're going from restriction all the time or binging to like okay what do I feel like eating (laughs) you have two very loud voices like screaming at you that you have to kind of like calm down and like just talk to which is quite frustrating in the beginning but like once I was used to that it's so like I messaged you the other day like I'm a whole different woman (laughs) it's literally changed my life so much because instead of getting up and immediately being stressed about whether or not to have breakfast or what to have for lunch or if I have that for lunch does that actually constitute a binge because of like the amount of calories or something or even thinking about calories at all like Mm. I can't remember the last time I thought about calories wow like yeah honestly and that's very different and like I will purposefully if I buy food I will not look at the calories because I know that it doesn't help me Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not like a stressful thing for me it's just like okay yeah I don't do that it doesn't work for me or like I don't weigh myself anymore it does not work for me Mm -hmm. you know and just like it's it feels easy to say that right now because I've done all the work 
<laughs> but like it's it's a difficult process to go through but it's so so worth it because like now I feel so much freer like I have I have more time I have more energy I have more like emotional resilience mm-hmm. um I had to go home again last term because of COVID they like we locked down again so I had to go home I don't think I binged at all and I was just like getting to know what kind of food I actually like you know mm-hmm. because there isn't a lot of room for that when your goal in a binge is not to like explore what food you like it's like what food is like gonna give me that hit so it's like being able to do that being able to get excited about food coming back to uni now and that's the most that's the biggest like difference I've noticed because when I left I was still very much in the like difficult part of recovery and then I came (laughs) back to uni and like obviously there are still moments that I have to like talk myself through stuff and things like that but like I'm coming back now and I'm like way more social way more confident way more keen to like hang out with people because I'm not like I don't think I realized the amount of shame I was carrying around with me just from binging because mm. like I didn't really think about it and that was part of the issue <laughs> but like but I think it's like yeah just a lightness and like a freedom that comes with it it's just been amazing like honestly amazing yeah God, I'm so happy for you <laughs> thanks so amazing (laughs) so great I have nothing else to say it's just amazing (laughs) so it sounds like yeah like the things that helped you most were the kindness being Mm -hmm. kind to yourself after the binge I guess the emotional thing as well as like becoming more emotionally resilient spotting the restriction yeah it's interesting that you say you know you got to this place where you got to food was exciting you got to explore because you're not in between the extreme binges and like yeah. eating salads and shit that you don't even want because you're like in between these two because sometimes I'll work with people and the early in this the journey they'll be like oh it's scary because like I don't know what I want now you know it's like oh what yeah. do I want to eat it's scary yeah. I don't even know yeah but then it's like once you kind of just lean into that little bit face the fear it's actually exciting it's like now I get to explore like I get yeah. to explore food I get to cook yeah. I get to go yes. to restaurants yeah yeah and I think like everyone's obviously everybody's recovery journey is different but like I remember a lot of people being like like uh, like around the beginning of recovery kind of saying I'm exhausted thinking about food all the time like I just don't want to have to think about it anymore and like there are lots of ways in that in which that's true for me like I'm not thinking about calories I'm not thinking mm-hmm. about like um restriction or like how much you should be eating and stuff like that but like I'm thinking about food so much now but in like Mm -hmm. such a positive way like I love food yeah and it's like when I was like a really little kid my my dad was a chef so like I grew up around like a lot of food and that was like really cool and I just really loved food as a kid and I feel like I've got back to that place in a way where I'm like oh my god yay like I can I can eat like whatever I want it's so exciting like um I can cook that oh that would be nice in a dressing that would be like a nice way to like make a soup I don't know yeah (laughs) but like genuinely just getting excited about cooking is so nice and so like energizing and just being able to like the three meals I have each day are like three opportunities to just like be really joyful about Mm. the food that I'm eating and like be happy about the food that I'm eating and I've chosen to eat and that is like massive like such a big change Mm. yeah that's awesome I definitely went through a similar part too where I was just like cooking with my boyfriend like at the time it was early days we were dating and we were just cooking all the time and uh it was like part of my healing process because mm. at Italians we were always cooking pasta and pasta was like the devil for me it was like couldn't have it ever but I was like I have to be normal I have to pretend to be normal so I'll just <laughs> eat it with him and then over time I realized actually this is so fun it's amazing to like yeah. eat all these different foods mm. so great another part for me as well as like um I got to the point where food because for so long I was trying to most of the time be so healthy like raw vegan or even if I wasn't in the vegan sphere I was just like constantly just trying to be so healthy and like low calorie and all that shit and um but like healthy in a unhealthy way Mm -hmm. and now that I'm out I get to be healthy when I want it from like a really genuinely like loving place yeah and I get to if I want at times like 
really care about the nutrition and like understand what's going in my body and it's yeah no part of it is coming from a restricting place which was very cool especially with like my PCOS where your diet like the things you eat does affect yeah. it yeah so before I used to find that so tough to balance because I didn't want to like cut things out or mm. um yeah I didn't want to be like overthinking my nutrition and feeling guilty for eating things on top of a binging like affecting my PCOS in a bad way but now I'm like so all clear of all that stuff that I get to yeah just come from a loving direction with food as well mm, that's so good I think it's so true what you said about like healthy but not in a healthy way because mm. I think like that was definitely a massive concern for me going into this and like being told like oh you can eat what like whatever you want like mm. all the time and I was like wait 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 <laughs> Because I was so worried about like gaining weight and then possible like I think there was definitely some internalized like fat phobia going on there as well. But I think also mm-hmm. this like fear of like oh my god, but what if I have long term health implications from this and all of this? And I think the a big moment for me was kind of thinking like what I've been doing of like binging very intense bursts of like a lot of very densely calorific food and then kind of not eating or like eating like veg or soup only mm-hmm. in between that's really not healthy either and yeah. like the toll that stress takes on your body and the stress that that would have taken on my body and also like the binges themselves like it's not a good way to treat a human body yeah. it's like that's so much less healthy than me being like okay yeah I'm gonna have bread with every meal today because I feel like it and Mm -hmm. then tomorrow I might not but I might have something else that I'm craving in between meals you know like just it's it's so much healthier and changing my question to myself before eating of like how can I eat the healthiest thing that I can that's going to make me lose weight in one meal which doesn't Mm. make sense but anyway changing that question to like how can I like what does my body really want like what do I fancy Mm -hmm. what would like make me feel nourished what would make my belly like feel happy (laughs) like is that's that was really really helpful definitely really helpful but I think just to like go back to what you said about what helped me the most like I think like this sounds quite dramatic but I think the way out of binge eating for me was also just like partly these practical things around eating and about getting excited mm. about food and asking me these questions and stuff and part of it's also you just have to go through this um or I had to go through this barrier that I trained myself out of through binging of just like feeling uncomfortable emotions mm-hmm. like okay I'm sad I'm not gonna binge that way I'm gonna feel sad for a bit and like maybe make myself some tea but like I'm gonna feel it and that's terrifying at the beginning like so scary um but it gets easy quickly. Like it gets easier yeah. more quickly than I thought it would. And I think that's like, if you're like, what's the one thing that changed it? It's like, like all of these different practical things that could be changed was a way into me learning that the way out of this is to like feel mm-hmm. the emotions rather than like try and numb them because it doesn't work. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah this like really came up for me the emotional side of things to like three months ago my older dog who was actually not old she was really young but like she had this like birth defect uh, it, like we saw the symptoms like a year into her life and she was incurably sick and it was like going downhill and it was like so sad and um it keep, kept going like down and up with her symptoms and eventually we had to like call it a day and we euthanized her because it's COVID you couldn't go into the vet's office and I was like no I can't I can't do I can't like leave her at the door so we did an at-home one so we did it like on the carpet um and I was like holding her in my lap and she crawled into my lap in like her final moments when she was like being youth and uh anesthetized uh first so like when she was like becoming really weak she lay in there and it was so sad it was so sad for weeks before like knowing the due date and days weeks after and I was like feeling the emotion so much. Like I was literally, I would just cry anytime, yeah. all the time on the yeah. spot. Yeah. And um, I was thinking like, if that had happened back in my binging days, I think I just would have 
pinched like nonstop for weeks before and after. But this time I literally just felt the emotions and it was so cathartic as well. Like, yes, I was surprised how soon I felt more stable. And in a way I felt guilty. I was like, I should be more, I should be crying more for like weeks and months or something. But now I look back, I'm like, oh, that's the power of letting the emotions flow. Yeah. It's so powerful. And like it, it can sound quite like trite to just be like oh like feel your emotions it's really important but it's like Mm. it's like the most powerful thing that you can do as a human being is to like feel the range of emotions that you are capable of Mm. and like it's not an easy thing to do (laughs) like it's a very difficult thing to do um but yeah so important because also if you're not feeling and you're like binging or other like coping mechanisms Mm. that aren't maybe supporting you it's like to not feel it's like you're just prolonging the time and you're gonna feel Mm, and 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 it's it's it just it just doesn't work like it just doesn't work yeah oh so true so true okay time's running out so I'll say two more questions one what would you tell yourself like a year ago or before you jumped onto this healing journey like what advice would you give her that's a really good question um I think probably just like it actually is going to be okay (laughs) like it actually is going to be okay because I think it's so easy to feel like you're stuck especially if you don't like I said earlier about like seeing it as a thing if you Mm -hmm. don't see it as a thing and you just think that you're like fucking up day after day then it's you it just feels impossible like completely impossible But yeah, I'd say it's going to be okay and um, stop stressing about what you're going to have for lunch. (laughs) Although she probably wouldn't get what I meant. (laughs) But yeah. Lovely. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, last thing very quickly. Let us know where we can find you if anyone wants to reach out to you. If something you said resonated, how can people find you? Um, My Instagram is... (laughs) (laughs) I deleted Instagram for a bit, but I have it on my browser. It's like classic. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. My Instagram is um, at Zulika Frost. So Z U L E I K A Frost. I love how you don't know that your Instagram is literally your name. <laughs> I changed it a lot of times. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was something about blueberries for a long time. It's like, let's just not go there. You know, it's like cringe secondary school names and I didn't remember that I changed it to literally my name so that's embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) amazing well thank you so much for hopping on this sparing your time and your busy schedule and having such amazing conversation oh thank you for having me amazing well thank you and thanks everyone for tuning in and that's the scoop for today I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life If you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life, change someone's day, change their mood or even their life, be that person. I know I love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me that she's really thinking of me and wants to help me elevate my life alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at at freewithbreed. I'm always open to feedback, so let me know what you want me to speak about, what you love, what you want less of. This podcast is for you after all. Last but not least, here's how to win a one-hour, one-to-one session with me. Enter my monthly draw by sharing this episode or any of the episodes you've enjoyed, whether it's on your stories or on a post, and just make sure to tag me at Free With Breed. Simple as that. Okay. That's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you next time.